Hey everybody, this is Linda Misigatis, and you're listening to An Unconventional Guide to Success, the show that talks about real life with real people for those of you who are interested in learning from others the steps they took on their journey towards success as defined by them. We have an exciting lineup of guests for season three and hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the studio. We're back with an unconventional guide to success. I got it right this time. I always say an unconventional guide for success, which I don't know why I do that. So yeah, could you get it right, Linda? <laughs> Just the title. I know. For God's sakes, how many times do I have to say it to get it right? <laughs> it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in a little bit, so it's nice to see your smiling face. Thank you. It's nice to see you too and to hear you because we haven't spoken or even interacted in a couple of weeks and we're not used no, to that. Oh, I know. <laughs> It's been a little while. I know usually we're we're all always talking to each other, so we've been a little remiss. Well, for me, so it was kids baseball. Kids baseball ate me for dinner last week and the I weekend. Know. I don't I don't know why you had those children. Honestly, <laughs> they just seemed like such an interference with everything. Well, so. you have a few of your own, I might add. So hey, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the studio, Ellen. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So great yeah, to see we're you. We're so excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. No, this yeah, is and wonderful. And that baseball in the middle of Florida in July when it's the hottest July we've ever had. <laughs> no, Let me immerse you. myself. I was just down in Fort Lauderdale last weekend or last week for a meeting, and oh my gosh, it was just stifling. Um, I cannot take it. I'm not a hot weather person and that hot weather was just too much. So. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I usually brag because I'm from DC area and moved down to Fort Lauderdale. And I usually brag that it's so much more comfortable here in the oh. summer than up there. Yeah. And right now I have no bragging rights. It's hot. You, you know, it, Man, it, is. it is so true. When I got off the airport, I was standing there waiting for my wife was picking up my son and I. And when I got to D.C., I, it was 85 degrees. And I was literally like, wow, it's like running weather. This is really <laughs> sure, nice. Out. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so oppressively hot in Florida. I've never experienced it. And I was born and spent my summers there for many decades. <laughs> it's, mm, no. Yeah. Well, and then it rained while we were there, so that just made it 10 times worse. So, oh, yeah. um, because now not only was it ridiculously hot, um, the humidity, I said, I think the trees were sweating. It was just so much. Um, so it's just crazy <laughs> weather. But, um, but well, hey, let me take a minute and introduce Ellen to Please, everyone. Yeah. Um, Ellen is the managing principal for the Washington Coaching Group. And um, her mission really is to elevate the conversations leaders are having in the world and build a more robust perspective to equip organizations to take action and maximize their strategic goals, which is so important today. I was just at a training at Berkeley and we learned about the VUCA world, which that was a new term for me, but um, that it was very interesting. So, um, but she challenges clients to do their own inner work with the understanding um, that a leader's success is directly proportional to their Mm -hmm. self-awareness. Isn't that so true? Um, And then really aligning strengths, clarifying values and building the embodiment of effective communications are key to understand key underlining themes that prevail in coaching leaders to visionary results. Um, Ellen is a master certified executive leadership coach. Uh, She has extensive experience working with leaders in government, corporations, small businesses, not-for-profits, and universities, and has worked with thousands of individuals and teams across all levels of leadership, of which Scott is one. I was just going to say, I'm Um, one of them. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. So we have a student on the phone as Mm -hmm. well. As associate 
Associate Faculty at George Mason University Center for the Advancement of Wellbeing and Managing Principal of the Washington Coaching Group, Ellen Fulton, has stepped up to create and lead a number of outstanding coach education offerings to include the Leadership Coaching for Organizational Wellbeing Program, Conversations to Mastery, and the Masterful Coaching Course Practice practicum. In her free time, Ellen is a photographer and an avid scuba diver. Wow. With her master diver certification, something I always thought about, but never was brave enough to do. Um, In the future, she would like to combine her passions to create um, experiential learning opportunities for leaders to cultivate their awareness. This could include offerings such as lessons from the deep, combining diving and coaching or shifting apertures, combining photography and coaching. I love that concept, Ellen. I'm working with a colleague. Um, He was actually on our podcast, um, Nick Kittle, um, and he's doing something right now that he's calling Beyond the Smoke, and he's combining um, barbecue and leadership coaching. And I love the idea. So you're on to something. Yeah, I'm really excited about this project that he's working on. So I can't can't wait to hear more about what you end up doing. So Boy, the write-up does really not quite the justice of your expertise, and um, I'm just so excited you're here. Uh, Just sharing with our our listeners the impact that you had on my coaching experience, my certification as an ACC coach, and the impacts of uh, my interest in sharing that executive leadership across uh, platforms like this and in the book as well as within my own company have just made such an impact. And I think it's really important to spotlight and highlight that. So our viewers really truly understand as we're discussing what makes Ellen so awesome, these are the things that I start with. And these are the areas in which we've had a really nice intersection. So thank you for being here. I really, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to what we can talk about. Yeah, I love being with you at any point. So this will be fun. I'm I'm appreciative of the invite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's what, well. So we like to start out. Well, I like to start out with an icebreaker. Um, <laughs> and I always chime in right here and go, no, no, no. Yeah, and, and Scott always interferes with the whole conversation, but uh, but we're gonna let it play. I'll play try anyway, not to. So, um, <laughs> so here's my question: If you can hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose, and why that cartoon character? Okay, if I could hang out with, I think this dates me a little bit with my kids because this is the last time I was actually watching mini cartoons, but um, I would say Dora the Explorer. Um, You know, she's she's always on adventure. She's hanging out with her her pal, a monkey. She speaks Spanish, which is a dream of mine. Uh, She's asking questions constantly. Uh, and and oh, boy. I'm working with people to solve things, right? It's super fun. So. Wow, you are you are Dora the Explorer because all you do is ask questions, yes. right? Absolutely, <laughs> you're like right? the question queen. <laughs> I love that. That is perfect. Well, and then where you are a master diver, which also goes to the whole exploring notion mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So that's um, I love that. That's perfect. What a great uh, what a great character. Wow, there's sure. a match, like a full on match. I here. know. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. That is awesome. I love it. What about you, Scott? I know we uh, I've asked this before and you've given an answer, but uh, oh, I has, have it, very... has it changed at all? Like yeah. who, who are you going to do? Oh, the Incredible Hulk, for sure. 
because I go crazy. (laughs) I go crazy on a moment's notice. (laughs) I've never experienced that, Scott. I haven't either. It's it's always for the greater good, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 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 I'll give you give you credit that generally your crazy is um, has some logic. What about yours, Linda? What about yours? Well, you know, I definitely am a, a Looney Tunes. Um, I love the Looney Tunes. And so, you know, last time I said Pinky and the Brain, now I might go a little like Marvin the Martian because, you know, I, and there's a theme there, obviously, because clearly I like to take over everything. So, um, works so. for us. Works for us here today. Yeah. How about yep, it? Yep, I, I'm bossy and little, I guess. So, um. <laughs> You're not bossy. Come on. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But yeah, maybe sometimes. So, but um, such a fun question. So Ellen, yeah, fun to unpack that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that one because it kind of you know there's just some, and I've got a whole litany of um, characters that I've um, that I always think about. That I'm like, if I could be that person, um, that or that character, that's who I would be. So I love that that question. I always love that's to add to this fun. to this question in this area, and I think I've done it with others. But one of the things that I've enjoyed in raising my children since they were very young is the ice breaker when I'm transporting them or they've shown up to the house or, you know, who is this big overbearing, incredible Hulk crazy guy, right? Um, I ask every one of them and they're 18 now, so they love it. I ask them what their favorite color is. I love that question. Followed promptly by once they answer it and then, you know, I remember, so we remind and we change and we have the edit and it's a great icebreaker question. They're followed by what is your favorite song? And when they were younger and they would fire it back to me, I would assure them my favorite song was Happy Birthday. And they just ate it up. <laughs> and it really does. So so that's the intention here also is sort of the parallels of life and the simplicity of a cartoon, but it also is such a great icebreaker. We should all consider those as it we is. engage with people because you want guards down and you want authenticity. So there's a real value to some yes. of this stuff too that I love to be able to share and that works in real life too. No. Yeah. I love it. I think that's a great one. And I think you said this before is like, who can't smile being when you're singing happy birthday, right? right? I mean, you just, you can't help but smile at it. Um, <laughs> it's it's just even in a restaurant, you know, you're in the middle of a conversation and somebody's birthday is there and they come right. out and you start singing happy birthday. You can't help but smile. I mean, it's just one of those songs where, you know, if you're grumpy during happy birthday, you probably have some deep seated, uh, deep rooted problems. So <laughs> that nothing an unconventional guide to success can help. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. So let's jump right into that. Yeah. So Ellen, did you always want to be an executive leadership coach? I mean, what kind of led you down the path of, of coaching? I didn't know that it existed, actually. So um, I my degrees are in counseling and I worked in higher education um, for quite a while and gave it up to uh, take care of my kids, stay home. And I ended up working in the schools and, and whatnot. And um, one of my good friends was going through a coaching program and said, Ellen, <laughs> you need to go through the, a coaching program. And I didn't know what it was. Um, and she said, I think that this is a really good match for you. And if you go through, I'll hire you at uh, at my at George Mason University, because she had wow. some people that could use some coaching. She said, it's not much, but at least it's a start, sure. right? Yeah. And um, so I jumped in and, you know, I, I kind of rewrote my story at that point, because I, 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 I got in this class with all these 
highly uh, qualified, huge leaders of international companies or businesses also within the D.C. area. You know, we'd go around and introduce ourselves and, you know, people would say, okay, what do you do? I'm the vice president at MITRE. I'm the, you know, I own three businesses in Switzerland. And I was like, I'm a stay-home mom and work at the elementary school. (laughs) Yeah, uh, power beyond. That's the ultimate power. Don't underestimate it because that's the people that help these people get to where they're growing their businesses 20, 30, 40 years later. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, is that it it really was a good match for me. And all of those people in my class were some of the ways that I really got started because they pulled me in. You know, they're like, I, we need somebody like you. We need somebody like you. And it, it was a, a beautiful confidence boost. And I love that. Ellen, That's I, a great I, story I, because I think what that does is it sets the tone to say, because yeah, I think that a lot of times when you think about executive leadership coaching, you assume that it's going to be with these um, powerhouses, right? So you're going to, these coaches are going to be there and they're going to be the ones who have created these businesses and, uh, you know, maybe they're multimillionaires or whatever it is. And so, and we associate that because we think that's what who we're going to learn the most from. Um, and the fact that you came in as a stay-at-home mom and really kind of had this opportunity to bring a whole different perspective to it, because that's really what people need. Uh, I was just talking to some colleagues about this yesterday, that similar to sports coaching, there are different coaches for different things. So, you know, you've got the quarterback coach, the running back coach, all of these different, and it's the same thing with leadership coaching is that depending on the situation, you need a different coach with a different skill set to help you through that particular mm-hmm. skill or challenge or whatever is in front of you. So I really love that story. Well, there's yeah. so many com- yeah. for me and for me, Ellen, there's a lot of components in that in the relationship aspect. And a couple of key points that I heard is that, you know, your friend hired you after they saw the fit and you in and you did the needful getting trained and applying the knowledge so that you were hireable also. Yeah. And so for our younger listeners, don't underestimate the power of relationship is so insanely important to me that I love that you volunteered that and you did it in two notions. And that is, yeah. and that is not only did your friend say they would hire you if you went through the program and it seemed the right fit, but you also said those who were in your cohort pulled you through and pulled you up to the next level. And you, I can't, I mean, I even get the somatic response from that because here we sit, Ellen, you pulled me up, you coached and certified me, and here you are on our, our podcast. And that's a real lesson that I love to highlight that is not scripted. It is not a cartoon or a favorite color. It's real world. And it's really important. And that's where I'm really excited to kind of take a corner of seriousness on that and say to the listeners and viewers, you offered that as a truth. And I really believe in that as part of the equation to success, you know, part of the equation, not the only thing, but we're demonstrating it just having you on the, on on the program and your eagerness to be here and then share that part of the story. Really important stuff. Thank you for that. Yeah. Absolutely. So Ellen, you have a quote in your book called the door to leadership opens inward. What does that quote mean to you? Well, I definitely believe that a a leader's success is is directly proportional to their self-awareness. So the hardest person to manage in any given situation is ourselves. 
And the better we know ourselves, the better we can separate out what's ours and what's somebody else's, right? So somebody says something, um, the the leader gets triggered right away and then responds in a way that is not helpful. Whereas if that leader understands themselves and understands their triggers, they can moderate how they're going to respond and then manage the person, manage the situation, uh, be with that, that person who is having the issue in a different way. So uh, I really do believe that that's one of the uh, most important qualities in, in a leader is self-awareness. I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, there's, um, there are things that have been around forever, you know, so like Carol Dweck's book has gotten a lot of, um, a lot of, um, I don't know, run these days where everybody's now very focused in on that um, uh, being in the fixed mindset versus growth mindset and businesses are really kind of going through this transition. I think a lot of that is was triggered one by COVID and two by all the social unrest that was caused at the murder of George Floyd and many other things that were happening during that time as well that kind of sparked this whole um, whole different approach. And I'm starting to see that a lot more in the leadership circles is around this focus around uh, talking about growth mindset, self-awareness, um, but also a lot of conversation around leadership coaching because most people who are in leadership roles have never received any training to be a leader or a manager. Some people, you know, you'll say that, oh, they're a natural leader. And I think there's some truth to some people are natural born at being able to lead, um, but doesn't mean that you're good at it. Um, you might be, you know, okay at it. Um, but what do you think besides, you know, what, what do you think is sparking some of that? And why is that so important? You know, you were talking about the VUCA world, right? Things are so uncertain these days. You know, it's volatile, the whole nine yards. And one of the the beautiful aspects about coaching somebody, being with them in their VUCA world, is supporting them in looking at themselves or looking at their, their issues from a whole lot of different perspectives and expanding their um capacity to hold more uncertainty mm-hmm. um and from that place they have more access to a variety of different ways to move forward that they can then align with their values with who they are and how they stand in it um and i think with that complexity that is just i, I think amplified you brought up covid in covid because all the norms, or not all, but many of them got kind of destroyed and shifted around. And now we're trying to rebuild and uh, things are shifting. So f- an ability for a, a person or an organization to step back and to walk around, okay, we said we always did it this way. Then we we always did it this way in COVID. What's working in e- each of these? What do we want to create as we move forward? right? Stepping out of that fixed mindset of it's always been and it'll always be, it's what's working, what else is possible? What else is possible? Wow. And that's so different than these fixed mindsets and the ways of the past. And I think that's a really important thing to highlight right there uh, as it relates to looking inward and the tools and experiences a coach can enlighten you with. 
by holding the space for you to unpack that for what direction you want to take it. Right. And that's mm -hmm. such an important yeah. piece of this. I'm literally writing down meeting minutes because I'm like, there's a sound bite, there's a snippet. It's amazing <laughs> to me how important what you're saying needs to be shared with the communities of folks out there. That again, I, I think that's a really nice segue into the inward view of, of why that's important. But also, it's not about the skill of what you're leading, it's about how you're leading and what schools yeah. you what tools you can use and learn and improve on inward that make that better. Yeah, that's really, really good stuff. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I think those were some really good points. And and I think, you know, what we're hearing is that only the the organizations that are embracing and making these shifts are the ones that are going to be successful in the future, right? Because the um, the world is changing, uh, business is changing, uh, expectations have changed. Uh, it, we were just talking about this. I was speaking at a conference yesterday, and one of the things that we talked a little bit about was um, employee expectations have changed drastically. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, as an organization, you have to be prepared because no, no longer are employees okay with just being a disposable asset to the organization so you know i was just sitting here thinking about like the importance of all of um that we're talking about with relationships and we're coaching but there's another aspect of that look inward that i think ellen i'd love for you to touch on and that is preparing yourself to be in your best performance and mm -hmm. the self-care aspect of you know, um, I'm going to moderate how I'm responding and what triggers me, but also what could prepare you to not be triggered isn't simply awareness, but it's certain types of things like meditation or mm -hmm. experience or training. Do you have any ideas that you could throw out there for us and our viewers that would sort of put us in the right direction of being prepared better to open that mm -hmm. door inward? And what would the what what are like the top two or three things that you you think are valuable? You mentioned meditation. Uh, some people kind of bulk at the idea of meditation, but really, <laughs> what it is is um, uh, focused attention, right? Mm -hmm. And that ability to practice bringing your mind back, not staying in this place of, of Zen, of, of <laughs> Zen, right? It's not about that it's about the ability to notice when you're not there and bring yourself back so each time you bring yourself back when you're practicing through a sitting practice or whatever you're doing you're increasing those neural pathways to be able to come back right come back come back and in our age of so much stimulus mm -hmm. right watching our own brains go all over the place Sometimes that works for us because we get ideas and all sorts of fun things. But then when you need to dive in, how do you bring that focus back? Mm -hmm. How do you bring it back? And um, so meditation, I, I, I believe, whatever you want to call it, focused attention. I like focused um, attention. Mindfulness. I, per personally, meditation does, you know, not only add, do you add, you know, squirrel and shiny new toy, but I've got ADD and hyperactivity okay. on top of that. So that mindfulness of, and, and the key I think I'm driving home for people who might relate to my experience of, you know, going crazy, yeah. Incredible Hulk and knowing how to open the door, that's the exercise mm -hmm. here is take a minute mm -hmm. to figure out what you can do to open your door to then be less triggered and respond accordingly. So I like focused, yeah. focused attention is huge because 
that puts it more in an assignment rather than it does go find your Zen and calm down, which is what I think people correlate meditation to be in my experience. Yeah, well, there's a million different kinds of practices for mindfulness practices. So it's yeah. not all about sitting, right. you know, cross-legged with with your, your fingers, right? You, movement. Mm -hmm. There can yeah. be movement meditations. So there can be, um, for me, I, I step into it a lot through a lot of my passions. Like when I, when I do photography or when I'm diving, it trans, transports me to a place that is in flow, mm -hmm. right? I, the rest of the world kind of disappears and I'm super present with whatever I'm doing and I can't help but elicit like awe, right? And I think there's a huge power in awe, right? Yeah. So whether I'm diving and I'm, I'm looking at some beautiful coral or a bunch of fish that are flowing in, in, in the currents, um, you know, like I've seen some incredible things underwater, but also above when I'm in nature. And so the photography I do is wildlife photography. Mm -hmm. And I'm always looking for an angle that inspires awe for me. Yeah. Right. And those things are another powerful mindfulness practice for me. And so, I love that, Ellen. Yeah. The best meditation anybody can do or mindfulness practice is the one that they will do. Right. <laughs> you know, a colleague of mine, no, and that's awesome. a really good point, right? Because if you're just being told to do something, but you hate every minute of it, um, it is not uh, accomplishing what you set out to do. Uh, right. A colleague of mine was sharing something a little, so what she learned from her coach actually was to be able to take that same situation and bring it in. So like her Zen places in the forest mountains type of area. And obviously she can't just run off to the forest and the mountains whenever she wants to. So he said, bring it to you. So he said, take some pictures of some of those places. And then also, you know, think about the scent, the smells. So maybe do like a, you know, you can get the different uh, potpourries or oils and that sort of stuff that kind of bring that there. And he said, when you're feeling that way, you know, open that book and look at those pictures, take in that scent. And that will take you to that happy place when you can't be in that happy place. And, you know, just take that moment or even she, she brings it weather when she travels because, yeah. you know, she's traveling all the time and she needed something to help center her when she was traveling. And I was like, what a great idea. Cause we can't always be where we want to be, but we can bring it along with us. I thought, what a, what an awesome idea. Well, and just to tie that yeah. back to our listeners too, this is what you do to open yourself up for the best result in, if we're going to use leadership as the example, but also in family dynamics, in yes. the best outputs of your photography, your best experience in diving, it's opening that door inward, which I will now probably coin, is really critical to whatever your opening the door topic is. So yeah. whether it's leadership or whether or not, and I called that peak performance in the book that, that I published about this topic and I called it self-care, but you do a really nice job of diving just that next layer deeper, if you will, no pun intended, um, in, in this conversation, or pun intended. With, with, or pun intended, which is what is the real nice value of where we started in our conversation around, we've got books, we've got podcasts, we've got resource. And we have these important things that um, you're doing a really nice job of describing. So again, just tying back the notion of the comprehensive view 
it's another really mm -hmm. important lens to find your awe, if that's the word we'll use today, to achieve your happy result or successful result in yeah. whatever you're dealing with. Right. So just taking that a step further. And I, and, and, you, and for me, my, my meditation is running for sure. I love to run. I'm not, I'm, you know, I love to eat too. That's another favorite meditation. So that's typically <laughs> out of balance, but, <laughs> but I do my best. I do my best thinking when I'm eating or running. So <laughs> doesn't necessarily, uh, well, you know what, there's a little balance in that, right. You know, you're burning off the calories that you're, uh, that you're taking in. So that's, that's, that's so terrible. But, but, uh, I'm really glad you I love that. People finding whatever that right, is, right, though, right, giving yes. themselves that space because, like you said, Scott, you can tap into that really fast if that's a place and a sensation and a feeling you know really well. When you're in a really stressful situation or you're thinking about your stressful situation, yeah, to get back to that place of clarity. When exactly like you were saying, you can trigger that even yeah. if you're not in it, but then handle or deal or look into that issue from that place mind space yes yeah and it's going to open up huge possibilities well and likely I less totally stress agree. less yes exactly yeah. that's really a nice icing to that part of it because that's the result here it's not right or wrong it's your best peak performance against yeah. issue against uh, adrenals against mm -hmm. success yeah. and happiness and end result, right? All of those things are really important because there's no prescription to the issue you're dealing with except for the door inward on how you're going to approach it. Yeah, right. yeah. Beautiful. Which all ties back to what you were talking about, Ellen, which is self-awareness, right? Is you've got to figure that out. Um, it took me a long time to figure out um, anxiety. So I thought um, I was just uh, having some breathing issues. And I was like, oh, well, the air must be really bad today. Or, oh, my allergies must be kicking in. And it took me a while to actually go, that has nothing. It was anxiety. And I didn't realize it yeah. because, you know, my chest would get tight. and I'd kind of feel a little bit of short of breath. And I'd be like, gosh, what's going on? Well, as I started to become more self-aware and looking inward and saying, oh, you know what? You're feeling a little anxious about what you've got going on today, or, you know, maybe something's stressing you out. Let's kind of take a minute, reflect on that. Doesn't necessarily make the anxiety go away right away, but at least I've got that awareness now and I can go, oh, maybe I'll do a little breathing technique. Maybe I'll do something, you know, just to kind of calm my mind. Um, but until you can get to that place of self-awareness and looking inward, you have no idea what's going on. So you just make assumptions. Well, and you know, and just in, in the spirit of moving this along, I know one of the questions we're going to talk about is relationships and partnerships, but I want to piggyback yeah. off of what Linda, you know, one of the things our viewers may or may not know about Linda and I is that we've experienced pretty significant tragedy at about the same time. And one of the things that I'll never forget as long as I live is literally sitting in her car, driving to a meeting shortly after my brother's funeral. And we were in each other's misery. Another important aspect of opening the door inward and finding where you can meditate or do your thing that finds awe is being with someone. I know that Linda and I have lifted each other through these tragedies, and I know that we have talked about these things, and they're also really important to uh, play off each other. She has things that fit for her that I think are crazy. She thinks I'm crazy and sometimes finds something that fits for her. So. <laughs> You know, it's really, it's really, I just wanted to segue into the dynamic of 
that's one of the reasons you're here, Ellen, is that you are such a contributor to the book. It's one of the reasons Linda and I are actually doing this podcast. It's another layer of really important things that once you have that inward or self-awareness, and we're just scratching surfaces here, you also have each other. So if I may move this along, Ellen, talk to us a little bit about your partnerships or your relationships that maybe help you find your awe, help you find your Mm -hmm. inward view. Um, just to yeah. give these examples because they're everyday examples. And I think oftentimes mm-hmm. people think there's some magical kingdom they're not tapping into. They're not educated enough or they didn't get the training. Maybe if they listen to our podcast, you can enlighten somebody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, it's such an interesting concept. And, and as I hear you talk about that, I, I think about my path and how that's unfolded. Right. Yep. And um, I've always kind of, you know, maybe downplayed and said, Oh, I've been lucky. The right doors opened at the right times. I, this and that. And actually reading your book helped me take some ownership around the things I intuitively knew and did, right? Like I find somebody I connect with. I bond. We talk about exciting things and I go into it, right? Hold like, on tight. I, and hold on tight. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then I have the benefit of always doing things I love, mm-hmm. right? right? So I'm following my passions with people I'm passionate about and yeah. with. And um, it has opened every door that has ever oh, I been love opened it. for me. Right? <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Can this. Please, somebody can this. It's so important. <laughs> well, and I love that what you just said, um, Ellen, was that uh, it is that that we do that all the time. We downplay things. Well, I just stumbled into that opportunity, or I guess I was just lucky. We don't really look at it, that it has been our path, our journey, the people that we've met along the way. You know, Scott and I talk about this. There are no self-made millionaires. There's no self-made anyone. Um, You have had someone who has impacted your life, good or bad, because even the bad impacts Mm -hmm. have trained us and, and, you know, we've learned something from it. And so I think that that really kind of plays into into what you were just talking about there um, is take take that ownership mm-hmm. and and really kind of lean into this notion that nothing is just by chance there has been something that has led up to that well and it's typically yeah. and and where i was going with that is relationships and partnerships as well like who are the people that have influenced you alan that have i mean i i hear your friend at mason and they hear this opportunity but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you to go just one a little deeper for us and just talk about you know yeah. those because good and bad I know I literally can yeah. make Linda crazy but she also knows she can call me anytime and vice versa yeah. you know so yeah. there there is an element of imperfection that I kind of want to spotlight through this next level of sure someone helped you get promoted and sure you had a mentor but what do you look for like maybe even talk about us Ellen because I feel the same about you mm-hmm. and I know you feel the same about me but. You know, I'm just trying to poke at that a little bit for our viewer or listener's sake, you know, like, yeah, what is that? It's intangible, but what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ellen, what's this intangible? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that, by the way. question. <laughs> Put on the stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think for me, because I can only speak for me. Yep. Um, my curiosity is one of my main tools and I get to listen to others and, and be that part 
that then sparks their ideas, which sparks my ideas. And then we get to build off each other and we decide to kind of partner. Right. And um, I think Linda, as you were saying, kind of that taking ownership, like the difference of me being intentional about that opens up even more doors. Right. So I'm like, Oh, Scott, and you and I pinged each off of each other from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We didn't know if we'd ever do anything together or not, but we both set the intention. Yeah, let's let's do something mm-hmm. and we'll keep our eyes open for what's possible down the line. Mm-hmm. I think that that's part of that aspect. And in your book, you talk about the the kite and the string with you and Caitlin, right? Mm-hmm. And And how she's a little bit of an anchor. And I, I think of that for myself in every single one of my different partnerships. Um, my wife, Wendy, is, uh, how should we say? She's got more of an edge. She's, she's, she's a, a driver. She, um, her default isn't necessarily giving people the benefit of the doubt. Right? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's wonderful, but she comes from a lawyer perspective. Sure, Looking sure. for problems, yeah. right? Yep, yep. And so she always likes to talk about the story of if we're on the street on a, in a back alley and a mugger's coming at us. So Wendy's in the front. Wendy tackles him to the ground. And, you know, it's not pretty. She says... If if I'm in front, I listen to them. I get their life story. They decide they want to give up crime and they're enrolled in community college, right? <laughs> Who loves to tell that story? Sometimes you need the muscle 100%. and the, yeah. the strength to move forward, the courage there. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you need the compassion and the love. And so that partnership helps us elevate together to different places. Yeah. Um, elevating together like that. that's a great great um uh story i, I love that one well that's, it's fantastic and used. elevating each yeah. other is really i love that you actually went real deep with your wife my wife and these really core relationships that are outside of business but the fundamentals of lifting each other actually can apply yeah. at many different levels loyalty lifting each other open communication being ready for yeah. the next opportunity is that door yeah. inward, right? And having that door yeah. open is all the other things we've been chatting about. And it really does yeah. become a collective that I work towards that I've been calling or labeling success. Doesn't always yeah. equal money and it doesn't always equal a promotion. Right. Yeah. Right. But it can equal a podcast of yeah. good people trying to pay it forward. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the whole point, right? Is it's an unconventional guide to success. Right. How you define that success is different because it could be success in self-awareness. It could be success in, you know, kind of finding yourself along the way to be able to go, I'm in a good place right now. It doesn't have to be that, hey, I made my first million or I got that big old promotion or, or things like that. Like that isn't necessarily what is at the heart of success. Right. And I think if you get to the root of most happy, successful people, because there's a lot of successful people that are not happy Mm -hmm. and are not enjoying that success. 
find those people that are happy and successful, I think that you find that they're very grounded in the things that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they know what actually makes them successful has really nothing to do with that business side of it. It is really more of like that personal foundation that they've built. My God, say that again. We need that snippet to be recaptured because that's exactly, <laughs> well, and that's just so fundamental. And I think people, you know, um, overlook that. And I think that's the message we're really trying to share. Yeah. Yes. No, it's very true. I also well, believe that that's one of the benefits of coaching, right? Like yes. so real coaching supports the person in figuring out, and this is coach term, who they be. Yeah. Right. In any given situation, who who are you going to show up as? Yeah. What's really aligned with your your own vision, mission, purpose in life? Right. And if you're showing up, Scott mentioned authentic and, and yeah. yourself and in your as your best self in any given situation. I me personally believe that that's going to elevate success greater than any other factor is, yeah. is really stepping into that. No, I think that's a really good point. When along that, we've talked a little bit about coaching, but let's talk a little bit about mentoring because those are a little bit different. And who's been your most important professional mentor um, throughout your career? And I'm sure you've had many of them, but but if yeah. you could, you know, think about like, is there one that made that huge impact? And, and the you? differentiator, again, that, you know, not necessarily around business or anything, just in life, maybe. Um, between yeah. coaching and mentoring, it's really important to create a distinction here too, I think, so that people understand mm -hmm. the value of both. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is a, a really complicated one for me, partially because in coaching, I get to learn from every single person. Yes, I'm a <laughs> Good point. Kind of an observer yeah. on the wall, but in a weird way, there's mentoring that I'm receiving when I'm in a coaching relationship. Mm, yeah. So, but that's kind of a side note. I've had so many people along the way that have really supported me. Pat Matthews was uh, one of my mentor coaches when I was um, working on uh, credentialing and really supported me in stepping into, uh, there's different credentialing with the ICF and there's um, the master certified coach that type of coaching, that style of coaching, it's not like the mid-level plus, not PCC mm -hmm. plus. There is a different aspect of that and how you show up and how you're in partnership and your presence, right? And I, I think that uh, she had a huge impact there. My very first business partner with the Washington Coaching Group was um, he's, he is uh, an exquisite uh, businessman. That was his background. Um, and uh, we worked together for many, many years. And I learned so much there, you know, following his footsteps. The, you know, I remember my very first client right after school was uh, a very high up in, uh, in an organization and a little intimidating, I, was, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was I was intimidated and and uh on my way and I was talking to Chris and he said, Ellen, everybody puts their pants on the same way each day. Beautiful. I like you know? That. Yep. And yes. It was it really supported me in being able to step into things. 
Yeah, I like that. That's sure. a really that's a really nice thing because I remember when I was when I was climbing the corporate ladder, I always thought everyone had this brass ring that I was unachievable, that I was not going to see or get to hold until mm -hmm. I got a degree or until I got there. And you mm -hmm. you bringing up and it's the it's the Marsha Brady adage, you know, picture them in their underwear or the Brady bunch. I don't remember who. Picture them in their underwear. Yeah. They're all putting their pants on the same way. It has such a different meaning as you go through your decades of autonomy in life. But if we can yeah. we can highlight that for young viewers trying to figure that out, there's no special brass ring, people. There's no, no special equation. They're not better or smarter or different. They have potentially used their door inward to make that journey less painful. But that journey yeah. is not always selected by those who are in it. I think you're right. We do kind of get caught up in the um, the illusion of grandeur, you know, of thinking, oh, well, that's the president or the CEO or it's this movie star or whoever it is. And we get very caught up in the mystique behind it all. But at the end of the day, people are just people, um, you know, and it's they've gotten there because they worked really hard. Maybe they did get a lucky break. Maybe they're parents helped lift them up or through all of it, but it all still ties back to the fundamentals that I think you tried to call out in, um, in your book, How Did You Get Here?, which is around relationships, mm -hmm. partnerships, self-care, habits, goals. It all plays in because mm -hmm. every single successful person has followed that path in some way. They're not to your point. They're not any more special than you are. Right. Um, it's just they've they've found their path forward, and I think that is really important for for younger people um, and listeners, or even those in mid in their career who are maybe kind of stuck in a rut, to look at that and go, "There's a path forward for everyone." It's just not always the same path, and it's not always mm -hmm. the same journey. Hence, you know, kind of the whole. It's not. It's, yeah, it's not. And it is the whole purpose of the title of the book. And I'll tell you one interesting thing that's happening to me around the college degree aspect of it. And you two have been along for this journey. And I think it's important for those who maybe don't choose that path, but think that that has some sort of a, a, a brass ring behind it. Well, all it has yeah. is a spot on my wall. And yeah. quite frankly, competition from other schools that it competes with in sports comes to me, but getting a college degree does not yet solve anything at all. And, and it's an interesting. Well, did your life change the next day, Scott? I mean, like after you, they handed you your degree, did all of a sudden like your whole life change for you? No. Well, Ellen, we'd like to end our podcast um, with, uh, with three questions. So, um, so what is a common myth about your job or field of expertise? That the coach is going to come in and solve the problem. And <laughs> really the coach is going to come in and be with the the true expert yeah. of that, the the client and support them in just like we were talking about figuring out who they need to be yeah. in order to solve the problem what their their own resources are to look at the problem you know what mindset what what they might want to do to solve the problem who else can they bring in to solve mm -hmm. the problem um but the coach isn't solving the problem the coach isn't teaching or telling the coaches walking with and uh challenging thinking and supporting thinking and so don't misconstrue and don't misconstrue the fee of a coach is not a consultancy dollar right right that's the thing where people yeah. get hung up because they're paying for the coach and they're asking for someone to help them expose the things we've been talking about for an hour but it's still the problem of the recipient to solve their problem we're just helping open that yeah. door inward to make the best yeah. result 
as coaches. No, I like that one. Yeah. That's a good one for That's sure. Because I know I went into coaching thinking that like, okay, I have these crazy expectations, like I'm going to solve all my problems <laughs> and all the answers are going to be there. And that's not what happened at all. Um, but uh, but I've learned so much along the way. And so I'm glad you said that because I think that that really helps. So that was a really good one. What yeah. is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Well, there's so many. <laughs> But I, I think one that stands out is it's it's most of the time it's not about me. It's not like about that. you. Yeah. You know, when you're interacting with somebody, there's a there's their entire morning before, their their entire history, their interactions, if they slept well, they didn't, their stories they're creating. And um and and to remember it's it's not about me. Right. Yeah, to be with somebody in in their stories about it, in their reality, in their um, aspect. That's a good one. My husband says that to me all the time. He's like, it's not about you, Linda. It's about how I'm feeling in this moment. Um, and he's right. I find myself doing that. That is a lesson I've not learned myself yet. It's like, I've got to remember in that moment, it is, it's about how he's feeling, how it's, how he's reacting to the situation. It's not about how I feel or how I'm reacting to it. And to be there present in that moment and hear his truth and what he's feeling Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Um, so I love that. That's a really good. That's a really good one for sure. I like, it's not about yeah. me, and that's a good one for sure. So, so my last one is: What's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Oh, Scott, I bet you'll. I know. I did. This one. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I, I constantly say that the greatest gift you can give anybody is to be fully present with them. I like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that is so important is we do, we find ourselves and you said it right at the beginning was we live in such a distracted world. And so we're constantly um, looking at other things and doing other things and um, just is it going to, is the world going to end because you took those five minutes to be fully present with the person that's in front of you or the experience that you're, that you're, you know, that beauty, that, picture I'll bet you stop and enjoy that moment before you take those pictures so that you can really be present in it and not miss it because you're just trying to catch that that photo so yeah and when you're fully present with somebody you're giving them that gift but it is a gift for yourself too yeah right yeah. because it, you know back back to the book I, I really believe that that connection that relationship that moment is probably one of the most important things in life well, it's so systemic too. Yeah, no, I appreciate yeah. that. And I appreciate you referencing back the book because while the book does sort of touch on all these different aspects, bring we've done a really, really great podcast today around bringing it together cohesively and not making it about learning our lesson. It's about exposing lessons to you for trying these different paths of uh, self-reflection and opening up the inward door. And I think that's really, yeah. really important. That's really, really good way to sort of wrap up what we're saying here. So I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate I totally that. Agree. And you and you taught all this, well, Alan. Alan. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you so much for being in the studio with us today. I can certainly see why Scott made the connection and why the two of you have 
have stayed linked over all these years, um, you know, it's, it's pretty evident um, in, in what you bring to uh, bring to that relationship, that partnership. And I look forward to getting to know you even better over the years as well. I appreciate you both. Thanks for doing this. We hope you enjoyed this episode of An Unconventional Guide to Success. If you want to learn more about Ellen Fulton, you can follow her on LinkedIn. Her profile is in the show notes. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misogatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misogatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.